Helping people build ambitious and satisfying careers, businesses, and lives. This is the Influence Ecology Podcast. Now, here is your host, John Patterson. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's me, John Patterson, the co-founder and CEO of Influence Ecology, the leading business education in transactional competence. Today's mini-sode is an exclusive preview of the July 2020 Influence Ecology 3D Virtual Conferences. Through Verbella for virtual events, Influence Ecology now offers a social engagement and communication solution on our private 3D virtual campus. It transforms a real-time campus into an unforgettable, fully immersive experience. Our private virtual campus is designed to promote real social interaction, engagement, and collaboration with speakers, attendees, faculty, sponsors, and campus partners. Today, we hear one of our 40 featured conference experts share how they build potent transactions that produce better outcomes. As we teach it, the principle of personality and transactional behavior allows each of us to exploit our unique perspective. From a combination of their worldview and expertise, each conference speaker will reveal their specialized strategies and tactics that you can apply to your own business or profession. Our 3D Virtual Campus allows you to meet today's guests, other experts, and participants 24 hours a day from both conferences and in any country. Here's the interview. Simon Chesney, welcome back to the Influence Ecology Podcast. It's great to have you here with us. It's great to be back with you, John. So let's start by telling our listeners, say your, say your name, where you live, and a little bit about what you do, and uh, then say something about your specialization. Okay. So uh, my name's Simon Chesney. I live in Northern California in the Bay Area. Um, my job title is Enterprise Lean Agile Coach, which is quite a mouthful. But what it really means is that I help usually large and technology-focused companies uh, transform the, the way people work together uh, in order for that to be a, a better and more productive experience for everyone. Um, now, so I'm, uh, I'm, as I said, an enterprise lean agile coach. Uh, and within that domain, I've specialized at, at a couple of levels. So um, I'm a scaled agile program consultant trainer. Um, I'm, an, I'm designated as a certified internal scaled agile program consultant trainer, which means that I can train program consultants to teach lean and agile techniques to other people. So I'm a, a train the trainer. And there are relatively few people designated in that way. I'm, when it comes to folks working in large enterprises, I'm one of a handful of people in the world that have that particular mm. type of designation. Mm. Um, and then um, I'm further specializing within that field um, as you know, I'm collaborating with Alex Bold and Dallas Hinsley and Tim Morrissey and, and Dan Murphy and yourself and some others in 
the application of transactional competence to agile transformation, which um, I'm very passionate about because I, I, as are the others um, that we're collaborating with, because we've seen the enormous difference that an increase in transactional competence brings uh, to individuals and teams when it comes to affecting authentic change in an organization in a positive way. The uh, uh, the opportunity we have here is to say a little bit about that enormous change. Um, I believe you, I've seen it, but for our listeners, well, what does that mean? So, for example, if I don't know transactional competence, I'm only involved in the agile framework and implementing that within organizations. What does transactional competence, in your view, bring to that? Yeah, that's that's really the six million dollar question. Um, the and my talk uh, at the conference is going to reflect this this theme really. Um, you, there's a set of processes in agile and artifacts and ceremonies and roles. You can pick those up and implement them and, frankly, get very little benefit. There's usually some benefit that comes from the adoption of, of the, the techniques. Um, but Agile itself, it, the Agile Manifesto is, is expressed as a series of couplets. And the first of them is individuals and interactions over processes and tools, which really says that there's something about the way in which people transact together that is fundamentally important when it comes to the outcomes that they achieve together. And if you just install the processes and the tools without attending to and caring about the people, then you're going to have a very um, reduced experience. You're not going to you're not going to see the benefits that you're hoping for. And there are many examples of agile transformations that fall far short of the promise. So the question is, what is the difference that makes the difference between a successful transformation and one which is inauthentic or hollow? And in my experience and in the experienced Agile coaches that I'm working with, the opportunity in Agile transformation is for people who are experiencing personal development in the context of this transformation to bring their energy and insight to the larger transformation. Well, transactional competence is a just a terrific way for people to grow themselves and to experience the asset that their personality is, as well as the liability that it can be when it's applied uh, in ways that are not constructive. So yeah. the pointers that come out of, for example, the TCX program, a transactional competence for uh, across teams or for cross-functional teams, uh, those insights are huge leverage points when it comes to accelerating transformation in teams mm. and groups. That's very good. So the name of your talk specifically is what? It's People-Centered Processes. Yeah, well, and you've pointed to this just a little bit. So um, it sounds like the opportunity that transactional competence is to the agile framework is to focus in on the, the, is it the first point that the, uh, the language, the manifesto say that again, the, it's the it, well, the, the, the first couplet of the agile manifesto couplet. is, is individuals 
and interactions over processes and tools. Great. So it sounds like it goes a long way to deliver on that particular couplet uh, or or the intention of that couplet. Um, is there anything else you want to say about this talk, just to give us a sense of what is this talk about? What will I learn from this talk? Um, how might I apply this uh, in my large company or perhaps even my small company? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for the question, John. Well, I'm, I'm going to be looking at what is process. Um, I mean, process is a sequence of activities or actions uh, that achieve an outcome of, of some type. So, so there are the actions that take place. There's the kind of abstract, abstract description of that, like the relationship between the things you do in the kitchen and the repeatable recipe that you use. And then there's how do you manage the process? So I'll, I'll look at that a little bit. Um, I'll be making an assertion that um, the, the way you design and implement processes for people, where people are involved, business processes, um, really there's a spectrum. If you come, come at the design of process from a command and control perspective, you end up with processes that are often a coercive and that suppress creativity and self-expression. Um, whereas if you come up process from the point of view of how are you going to support people um, in finding motivation, in bringing their creativity and having self-expression um, and um, being connected to one another and to the, to the mission. In other words, how does your process become a series of reciprocal exchanges that advances the aims of the organization as well as the aims of the individual sort of working within the organization? You get to a completely different place. So I'll be giving specific examples uh, that people can take away, hopefully, uh, and apply um, of, you know, little fragments of process, how to consider process in general and takeaways that they can apply in their own context. If we step back and consider command and control as a particular framework or process, uh, and there are others that are perhaps undistinguished or inherited, or uh, we could say part of the current, um, what are some of the ways in which people or organizations might express their naivete from your perspective? Um, when they're not people-centered um, in those approaches or those processes? And you mentioned things like uh, coercion and so forth. What are some of the other consequences of not <laughs> applying people-centered processes? There's some really good work in, in, in this field. I'd point to the work that Dan Pink has done uh, in his book, Drive, which looks at, at motivations, uh, what motivates people. Are, are they coin-operated, um, for example? And th there's uh, there's other work uh, in this area, um, David Marquet's work um, with the leadership ladder um, and, um, you know, how to empower people to be... Uh, leaders and self-directed in the context. Um, if, you, if you approach P 
people with a with the point of view that they're going to be lazy and they're going to avoid work or uh, i mean if you bring that attitude to the workplace then you'll design systems that constrain and suppress people and you'll get the bare minimum out of the system that you've implemented that you you can possibly imagine uh, so my assertion is that people's level of motivation uh, has a huge impact on on the outcome uh, especially when we're talking about professionals or knowledge workers uh, where they have to um, bring creativity and, and critical thinking to bear in the tasks um, Dan Ping talks about autonomy, master, and purpose, and I've alluded to that in some of the language that I used earlier, so being self-directed, being able to express your creativity, being connected to a larger mission, um, and so on. Um, so if you are naive to the significant impact of enabling environments where, where people get to um, experience joy rather than suffering in the workplace, mm. then the outcomes that you'll achieve are vastly diminished. Mm. That's really well said. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing the talk. Um, what are you looking forward to most about the conference? Well, the the Influencer Com uh, Ecology conferences have been the best conferences I've ever experienced. I've been to quite a few conferences over the years, mm. but um, I've typically found the Influence Ecology Conferences enlightening and confronting in almost equal measure. They've been <laughs> quite transformative sometimes, um, but always very deeply engaging. So I expect to be part of an, uh, of an event that has those characteristics, and I'm really enthusiastic about that. That's great. All right, well, Simon, thank you so much for being here. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks so much, John. World-class virtual training has been part of our DNA for over a decade, and the newly launched Influence Ecology Virtual Campus provides a unique, immersive learning environment for our global network of ambitious professionals. Our campus offers corporate training, educational workshops, study incubators, as well as specialized knowledge and innovative tools to help grow your influence and income. Our exclusive membership ecology allows you to collaborate with some of the best and brightest minds, talent, and skills in many industries, occupations, and cultures across the globe. If you're interested in trying the Influence Ecology virtual campus for yourself, visit influenceecology.com forward slash campus. That's influenceecology.com forward slash campus. Or in the U.S. or Canada, you can text the word campus to 805-262-9008 and we'll send the registration link right to your mobile phone. Again, text the word CAMPUS to 805-262-9008. Also in our show notes, you'll find all the links to websites, books, or special downloads mentioned in this podcast. During the conference, we'll hear about each topic, why it's important, and how you can apply these strategies and tactics to your own business or profession. In addition to our July 2020 conferences, our campus offers corporate training, educational workshops, and study incubators that include ambitious professionals from many industries, professions, and cultures. We provide social mixers and networking events to help connect with others and their expertise. We allow students, 
faculty, and mentors the opportunity to connect before and after program sessions to get help, form study groups, and use the campus for discussion. We also offer our advanced students premier program venues that serve their aims for an elite experience amongst peers. We can't wait to see you around campus.